everyone, it's Emily here. Small programming note, we ended up recording more than an hour for this episode. We just kept talking and talking, so this is going to be split into a part one and part two. This episode is going to have the beginning part, the characters in episode one, and episode two, which will come out next Friday, will cover episode two, three, and four of Itaewon class. Thanks! Hello and welcome to Soulmates Podcast, live via Zoom. This is Emily. And this is Rachel. How are you doing? I'm so tired. <laughs> Same. I feel like somehow I'm getting more sleep, yet I'm still tired. I just keep going to sleep too late, and then I wake up very early for work, and uh, it's leading to not getting enough sleep. But it's hard because me and my boyfriend are working like opposite schedules, so, like, I try to stay up and wait until he gets home, um, but that's usually, like, 11.30, <laughs> and I wake up at, like, 6. Well, realistically, more like 6.45, because I work from home, so I just walk into the next room and get started. It's like I literally roll out of bed and get on the computer. <laughs> literally. There's no, <laughs> no lie there. Today, we are going to talk about the first four episodes of a K-drama that I ended up falling in love with really quickly, Itaewon Class. So this is a K-drama that I'm not sure if it was also this way for you, Emily, but it was like, Netflix was like, you need to watch this (laughs) K-drama. Yes. It it was heavily advertised. I was being targeted. (laughs) This is a Netflix exclusive. Yeah. um, Though in Korea, it aired on JTBC. So that's pretty normal that Netflix buys the international distribution rights. Netflix was like, you must watch. And I was like, God, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, shit, okay, we'll, we'll watch it. We'll do a review on this and see if it's, if it's worth watching. Because sometimes K-dramas start out really strong and then you're like, what the fuck is going on? And it's not worth watching. So we gave this K-drama four episodes which if you've never watched a K-drama before, they're like 70-minute episodes. So we have watched almost five hours worth of content yeah. from this K-drama. That's like two movies. <laughs> right. So by that point, you should know if it's worth watching or not. And spoiler alert, it's worth watching. But we're going to talk okay. about um, why it's worth watching in this episode. So Itaewon Class aired on JTBC in Korea from January 31st to March 31st, 2020. So it is brand spanking new. And it is currently streaming worldwide on Netflix. This has actually been a fairly popular show in Korea as well as internationally on Netflix. The final episode recorded a 16.548% national audience share, making it the third highest viewership rating in JTBC and the seventh highest rated uh, drama in Korean cable television history. So that's telling you how popular this is. There are 16 episodes and the episodes are 70, not 60, 70 minutes long. It's a commitment, but... Honestly, though, when you're watching it, like, the 70 minutes can fly by pretty fast, so. Yes. A lot of the time, I feel like in K-dramas, there's an A plot, a B plot, and a C plot, like any other show, you know, on TV. But it can get fairly confusing when all these plots are happening. Sometimes they intertwine, sometimes they don't, and you're just like, what is going on? 
Itaewon class was extremely easy to follow, despite having a fairly complicated plot. Yeah, I would agree with that. Why don't you read the Wikipedia plot summary that may or may not be accurate? <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out. Itaewon class tells the story of ex-convict Park Seiroyi, whose life has been turned upside down after he gets expelled from school for punching a bully and his father is killed in an accident. Following his father's steps, he opens his bar slash restaurant, Danbam, which means sweet night, in Itaewon. Alongside his manager, Joe Yiso, and his staff, he strives towards success and reaching greater heights while battling against a food conglomerate. That is fairly accurate. Yeah, I would say that's pretty accurate. It describes what we've watched so far, which I think is good for a synopsis to describe that far and not further. Because we've read some where it's like, that's a spoiler. (laughs) Oh my god, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's no spoilers here. If you watch the first four episodes, you will know all of this. So we're going to get into the characters and the plot. So if you don't want any spoilers, just skip to the end of this episode where we give our rating. Our main character is Park Se-Roy. He is the owner of Dambam. When he was in high school, he gets expelled for punching a CEO's son in the face. The son was bullying a classmate, and then the son accidentally kills Se-Roy's father in an auto accident, and they blame it on someone else. Se-Roy is so pissed off that he attacks the son, and he gets sent to jail for attempted murder. It's pretty dramatic. Yeah. I would say that Seiroi has a very strong sense of justice and to do what is right. So they try to spin that, and this is still the first episode that we're talking about for the most part. They try to draw a contrast of his strong sense of justice, but then because of his father's death, he has like obviously deep-seated anger. He has kind of like a vigilante streak, I would like to say. Like, he has a strong sense of justice, but he also recognizes that the police are corrupt, and he will take matters into his own hands if justice was not served. And you see that also kind of echoed in the way that he steps in and punches the CEO's son for bullying someone, because he draws that attention to it to the teacher, and the teacher doesn't do anything, so he's definitely a vigilante type but also has a strong sense of justice and he wanted to be a cop too before he got sent to jail so that is Seiroi I think in a nutshell he's also kind of socially inept our second lead is Jo Yiso and she is the manager at Dambam she is only 20 years old and she moved to Seoul from New York And she is like an influencer on social media. And she's like, I can help make your shitty bar great. And then, of course, she has like a giant crush on Seiroi, who is like 30 in episode three. And she is 20. And I'm like, girl, don't. No, no. But We'll talk about that more later. Yeah. (laughs) I have feelings about that as well. Jung Dae-hee is the CEO of the food company Janga Group. This guy is a self-made man who, despite the odds, actually succeeds in turning his once small bar into a giant franchise. He develops a strong belief in power and authority as a means to achieve his goals, and he becomes involved with Seiroi when his son gets punched. And this is basically the evil villain of the story. Yeah, I would say that he is extremely ruthless and cutthroat. 
Sayroy's dad used to work at this company and his dad gets fired because Sayroy is like, I'm not going to apologize to your bitch ass son. Well, he quits. Yeah. He said he's going to fire him and he's like, no, it's okay. I'm going to quit because he's proud of his son. <laughs> he, he was proud of his son for doing what was right, even though it would get him in trouble. Our last lead is Osua and she is the strategic planning head at Janga Group. She is Sayroy's former classmate and his first love, and she grew up in an orphanage, and she was really close to Sayroy's father, who was kind of like her surrogate dad. So after the dad's car accident, she receives a scholarship, suspiciously, from Janga Group, and then she becomes an employee at their company. And all this time that Sayroy is in jail, she works at this company and is like climbing the ranks. She's passionate about her work that she does, but she's torn between her allegiance to Janga and her love for Seiroi. Sua is a complex character. She obviously got dealt a bad hand in life, and it is brought up many times that she cannot act out like Seiroi could because she does not have a net to fall back on. She does not have a father or money or anything like that to fall back on, so she has to behave, basically and do what people want her to do even if it's not the right thing so i feel like she's gonna battle with that throughout the series just because janga group and gunwoo's dad the ceo of janga have given her a lot of opportunities and money and while that scumbag said that there are no strings attached of course there are strings attached to money and scholarships like that so she feels like she has to be loyal to this company even though she knows the right thing to do would be to support Seiroi and not do bad things. But I like Sua because she's very complex and sometimes it's hard to predict what she's going to do because she is a complex character. I could say the same for uh, Yiso as well. Yiso is very smart and pretty cutthroat and ruthless also. Good female characters, (laughs) I would say. Yeah, definitely. They're not one note. (laughs) There are a bunch of supporting staff, mainly the people who work at Dambam. Very quickly, I'm going to go through them. So there is Jong Gun-su, who is actually CEO Jong's illegitimate son. He works part-time at Dambam. Choi Sung-kwan is a former gangster who Seiroi met in prison. He works there part-time. Ma Hyun-yi is a cook there. And then there is Tony Kim, who is an African part-timer who has not been introduced as of episode four, but he's in the credits, so I was like eagerly awaiting. I have not seen a Black person in a named role in a K-drama ever. He is Ghanaian-Korean. According to Wikipedia, he does not speak English, but he does speak fluent Korean and French. I am super excited. I wish he was in the episodes, but he, he's not in the first four, so. Not yet. You might hear an update on a, in another episode about <laughs> our reaction to him. I'm excited. <laughs> so the last two characters we're going to talk about are Jong Gunwon, who is the CEO of Jonga Group's son. He is the first son and the heir to Jonga Group. Gunwon was Seiroi's and Suwa's classmate, but he was the one who got hit by Seiroi for bullying someone and then later almost beat to death because he is the one who drove the car that killed his dad. So he's a special character because I feel like in the first episode, he truly did want to show remorse for 
killing Saroy's dad and like could have developed his character to be a decent person but then his dad steps in and his dad is an asshole (laughs) and there's this whole scene and we'll get into it more in depth but there's this whole scene where he basically makes him kill a chicken and basically that causes a turning point he's still stupid but he is also just as cutthroat as his father like just as cruel and mean so there's that and then the last character i'll talk about is still kind of like a side character we haven't really heard much from her but her name is kong min jung and she is janga group's executive director and I can see kind of a conflict brewing between her and Gunwan for battling for ownership of the company. So those are all the characters. Lots of characters. But I think the show does a pretty good job of making everybody very distinct and not introducing too many characters too fast. Okay, so we're going to talk the first four episodes. And I'm sorry if this is rambly because so much happens. I took notes, so we should be fairly structured. (laughs) Okay, good. I'm glad you took notes, because all I have are feelings. And just, there is so My notes are my feelings! (laughs) There is just so much crying in the first two episodes. I was honestly fucking shocked. Men crying, feeling sad, feeling like despair, feeling injustice. I'm just like, wow. Let's get into it. I have my written notes here, so if you hear pages flipping, we're only human. Episode 1 starts out with introducing Park Sayori, who is the main character, as you know, and his love interest from his first school, whose name is Solbin. And then you spend hardly any time in this old school because he transfers high schools to this new high school after passing a police exam. He really wants to be a police officer, as you guys know, so before all this jail shit happened um he did take a police exam and he passed even though he had a leg injury he pushed through it so you can tell that he is very determined then we flash to basically this girl who ends up being su ah who is rude to a beggar in a subway and she like pushes him off of her because he grabs her arm and he like falls onto the stairwell and seiroi writes him and is like girl what are you doing that was so rude and mean and she's basically like oh do you feel good for doing a good deed that's great bye Um, so obviously that didn't work and he just leaves there he's left there with his mouth open basically then we find out that his dad works at the headquarters of Jaga company and he's basically i would say like a marketing person we don't really get a job title but he is showing like he's like market research okay like he he runs focus groups because we do see him doing that in the first episode there's also discussion about the fact that the Janga Company's charity is currently going to in the orphanage that Suha is a part of, but the chairman wants to change it to an old folks home. Seiroi's dad is upset about that. We find out that Suha lives at that orphanage and knows Seiroi's dad. Suha tries to make the best of it because she realizes that Seiroi is the son of the dude she has had a five-year relationship with, basically. <laughs> She tries to befriend him and then gets mad because Seiroi wants nothing to do with her and is very socially inept and, like, does not say anything for very long periods of time. (laughs) Then Seiroi goes to this new high school. He finally transfers and he realizes that Sua is in his class and he gets to sit 
directly next to her. Um, the drama. Of course, you know. And then not even like 10 minutes after sitting down, Gun Wan comes into the room, who is the chairman's son, but Sayori does not know that just quite yet. Basically, you find out that he's a rich asshole and is bullying this poor kid with glasses, like dumping milk on his head because it's not strawberry milk, <laughs> which is what Princess Gunwan wanted. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Seiroi is obviously frustrated and Suad's like, don't even do it because he's the chairman's son and nothing ever happens to him. And Seiroi, like I said before, has a very strong sense of justice. So he does something about it. With his fist. (laughs) With his fist, yeah. And Lee Ho-jin is the name of the kid who gets bullied. I made sure to write down names because I always get confused. So, uh, Sayori ends up, you know, punching Gunwon in the face uh, for bullying this kid. Then shit kind of hits the fan. So, we flash to basically the principal's office or like the school's boardroom, question mark. And we find out that the chairman is coming in and... Seiroi is getting beaten so hard with a ruler that it breaks, which I thought was kind of awful. But I realized that the chairman, the actor who plays the chairman, is the same actor from um, My Terrible Boss, that K-drama. He's like the makeup company owner. And I, I just the juxtaposition of those two roles <laughs> I know was, was a lot for me because in uh, My Terrible Boss, he's kind of like a... He shies away from confrontation and is kind of like a a skis. (laughs) And in this show, he's completely different from that. The whole conversation is very tense, but Seroi basically says that, you know, he's not going to apologize to Gunwan because he didn't do anything wrong. Gunwan is the one who did something wrong. And then his dad says, it's hard to believe he's my son. And I held my breath because I was like, oh my God, is he about to be like... I disown you or something like that. But then he says, I'm amazed by him. And then the tears start to flow. Man tears. So many tears. And like the crying starts there and doesn't stop until the end of episode two. Yeah, (laughs) pretty pretty much. It's, It's such a pure moment and it's lovely. So basically they leave the school. And his dad takes him out drinking. (laughs) Well, I would say like to a restaurant to have a drink. And the whole mini lesson on drink etiquette is so wholesome and pure. And they reference it in later episodes. It's just very precious how he's like, you need to turn your head to the side because I'm older than you and you drink and you need to cover the label and pour me a glass a little over halfway, but not very full. And I just thought it was very wholesome. And if you don't know anything about drink etiquette in South Korea, there's many videos on it (laughs) if you'd like to watch them on YouTube. There are many rules. There are many rules, yes, because drinking culture is a thing. After that, Sayori runs into Su-Ah, who is taking basically an entrance exam, but she forgets her test ID at home, and they do this whole montage of them running to get to the college to take the exam on time. And in that whole running scene and afterwards, him and Sua become friends. And then at the very end of the episode, you find out that his dad is going to be opening up a restaurant. They start building the restaurant and getting things ready, but then on one day on the way home, his dad gets hit on the moped and ends up dying, which is very sad and drawn out that scene is very 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 sad because he doesn't just you know get hit and then they flash to black and it's like a funeral you literally see him on the ground like bloody and he says like i have to survive my son i literally wrote in my notes in all caps fuck man and then a sad face like 
it was it was really really sad he's reaching for a picture of his dead wife and his son yeah yeah it's it's fucking sad and then of course you see the funeral scene and then the audacity of the police to come into a funeral and start asking him to sign paperwork and stuff like i just feel like that wouldn't happen in real life but the drama of it was (laughs) ridiculous for this funeral and then you find out that Gunwan is the one who is driving the car and ends up killing his dad. And they're trying to basically blame it on the gardener and get Seiroyu to sign paperwork to basically reach a settlement, which means that Seiroyu would just be receiving a sum of money for his dad. And at this point, he loses it because he's like, how could I ever give a value to my dad's life? Then Suha sees a picture of the car that hit his dad and is like, oh, that's Gunwan's car. And she knows because he has an obnoxious, mm-hmm. personalized license plate. Which he shows off to her because Gunwan also likes Sua. So then Seiroi kind of loses it. <laughs> and he searches all over town for this guy and then ends up finding him at the hospital with like a broken arm. And he's smoking a cigarette <laughs> in the courtyard in pouring rain. And I wrote, he's about to fuck this guy up. And he does. <laughs> And he's like punching him and punching him. And then he grabs a rock. And I was like, a rock? Does he <laughs> die? And that's how episode one ends. <laughs> On that. On that. I, was, I remember being like, fuck. Because the Netflix trailer is like, friends, working at a bar. <laughs> and, and I'm like, what? Is this a prison drama? Like, <laughs> Classic K-drama ending. Thank you so much for listening to part one. You guys can find Soulmates Podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash soulmatespodcast. Check us out on Instagram at soulmatespodcast. Check us out on YouTube at soulmatespodcast, on Tumblr at soulmatespodcast. You can send us an email at soulmatespodcast at gmail.com. And check us out on iTunes, Podbean. We're in a lot of places, including Spotify. Just subscribe there and give us a follow. We'd really appreciate it. We'll see you next Friday for part two of our review of Itaewon class.